It's time now to get the hell out of your life. A weekly broadcast with real people, sharing real struggles, and offering real hope. Today's show will encourage, inspire, and empower you to face life's challenges with a bold confidence and renewed hope. Now, let's join our host, Ron Myers, the promoter. Hello, my freedom-loving friends. So glad to be with you. Today, the freedom to choose in your life. It is the most powerful freedom that we can ever have. We can choose everything in our life, the direction, the non-direction. If you're not happy, you've chosen that. If you are happy, you've chosen that. It's a personal choice because if you have a lot of hell in your life, it is because of the choices you have made. If you want to get the hell out of your life, you have to begin making better choices. In today's show, you're going to hear from people of all types of backgrounds that made a choice. Betty Gregory, she had a choice when she went through a terrible time of grief. And then I hit the streets in Ocean Springs, Mississippi, meet a man in a wheelchair, and he shares an inspirational story because of the choices he made. And do you remember that television show, Matlock? Well, I ran into Ben's legal partner a few weeks ago, Nancy Stafford. She played Michelle Thomas on the show, and she has a message for you. And then lastly, I saw that Epic Times published an article the other day, Five Signs of Your Approaching Burnout. Well, I have five ways to avoid burnout. But first... I want to ask you, have you ever met someone that just made a connection with you because they shared their heart and most importantly, a piece of themselves? They became vulnerable and transparent simply because their story can minister to other people with similar stories. And so today's guest, Betty Gregory, she shares her story of grief. She is real. She is honest and she will offer hope to those with similar stories. Betty Gregory, welcome to the show. What's your story? In 1999, my daughter Susan uh, was in perfect health, we thought, and she was a teacher at North Wool Market School, and then she got ill and went to the hospital. She had pneumonia and um, died within five days of having pneumonia. It just attacked her respiratory system and shut her down. Oh, my goodness. That had to be devastating. It it was the most devastating thing in my life. And she was 29? 29 years old. What goes through your mind? Did you get angry at God? Did you question God? Did you think, how could you do this? Most definitely. I, I don't think, I have always relied on God through so many things in my life, and this was uh, so unexpectedly, and I, I was mad. I mean, I was truly mad at God, and I did my share of hollering and screaming and telling God exactly how I felt about it. Uh, I questioned God about it, but uh, and at that time in my life, it was hard to pray. And I think that this is why it is so important for people to pray for other people. Uh, I feel like my church family and my friends were praying for me and helped me through this hard time when I could not pray to God. And then I realized I can't get this through this without him. I've got to have God in my life and I've got to 
learn to pray over and know that he is working in these circumstances with me. But um, I have been a prayer warrior since then for other people that I know are going through things that maybe at that time they're having a hard time praying also. What's the one thing that people listening right now that had the sudden loss of a loved one and they're still angry and they're still bitter with God, what would you tell that person? Well, in my life, I can't imagine not coming back to God because uh, he has gotten me through this. And I don't know people that that do not live with God in their life, how they manage their life. It's kept me sane, for one thing. Um, it has helped my attitude. Um and to just know that God is in control no matter what's happening uh, in my life. He is in control, and he knows the big picture. I don't. How long did it take for you to just even start feeling better? I've always tried to be a positive person. And in my despair, I I knew that my daughter, which had the most wonderful smile in the whole world, uh, she would not want me feeling this way, and she would not want me in the depressed state that I could have let myself get into um, without um, my friends encouraging me, and um, there's no time frame on any any of this. Um, it's different for everyone. Everybody, everybody. You know, I don't grieve in the same way other people grieve in, and they don't um, grieve like I do, uh, and the time framing is just not... Uh, open and shut door, things like that. What? What's your daughter's name? Susan. Tell us about Susan. She was probably known for her smile. I mean, everybody just um, would comment on what a beautiful smile she had. And even um, Brother Craig Connor that did her funeral um, commented on it at the funeral that her spirit showed through her smile. And she was just a pleasant person. Just everybody loves Susan. I mean, just she was wonderful. I can see where she got her smile. Oh, thank you. You've got a beautiful <laughs> smile. How's life for you now? Um, well, it's been 22 years, but sometimes it seems like it was yesterday. You know, you, you can let yourself remember, and which I have wonderful memories of my daughter. And um, but it's not something you ever recover from. There's no grief recovery. There's a grief um, share. I can share my grief, but to actually recover, I don't think you ever totally recover from a grief. You learn to deal with it and you let God help you deal with it and and go on with your life. And you hope every day you just get a little bit stronger stronger and stronger each day. Susan and I had a great relationship. Anybody that knew us thought we were joined at the hip, I mean, really, because we just had this um, good relationship. And um, she was the, the apple of my eye, you know. Amen. And um, during this pandemic, when you saw that people could not get together and they couldn't be there with each other, or some families even divided because some would take a vaccine and some wouldn't, was there any part of you that said, come on, folks, get along. Don't let your differences bring you apart. Does that make any sense? Absolutely, that makes sense. And with my other family, I have a son and grandchildren. Um, we got together with them, and we just, you know, did our 
little social distancing, but uh, don't tell me not to hug one of my grandchildren. Amen. <laughs> you know, and so um, we were careful, but um, still, you know, wanted to have the fellowship with them. What's the one thing out of all that you've went through the last 22 years, what's the one thing that maybe you learned about yourself or maybe you learned about God that you could share with the listeners? That I have to be more caring of other people and take their feelings into consideration and to know that I'm not the only one going through this. Someone else is going through it also and be more compassionate to them and if at any time I can can help do that, I just pray that God will let me be willing to do that and put me in the right place at the right time. Is it important when somebody goes through that uh, grief process of a sudden loss, is it important that they surround themselves with other people? I needed people around. Uh, matter of fact, I was working for Hancock Bank and I, I took, three weeks off, and I went back to work. And um, even George Logo came to me and he said, Betty, you're back too soon. If you need more time off, take time off. And my reply to him was, my house is empty. No one's there. It's worse when I go home and just sit. I need to be with people. And um, he was very, very sweet and, and told me that if I needed time off, you know, to take it. But that... You know, he understood. Is there anything you learned about God or maybe you were reminded about God during this process? That he was totally in control. I had no control over the situation. And I just prayed that he would guide me every day and get me through day by day. You know, one thing I hear, why did I lose my loved one when all these other people that are breaking the law and criminals live to be a hundred and some. It's just not fair. That thought went through my mind, but there too, again, God knows the big picture. What you just said, the big picture. It's hard for us sometimes, Betty, to understand that God does see the whole picture. He sees the beginning of our life and the end of our life. And we only see right there what's in front of us. And you know, they say, well, trust God, but sometimes it's just hard, isn't it, to trust Absolutely. God? Absolutely, it is. One day at a time? One day at a time. We don't know what God Bible says, that we're not a promised a tomorrow. So what's some advice of how do we live today? Well, don't go into your shell. Share your life with other people. Talk about it. You don't have to dwell on it 24-7 to, to talk about it, but you do need to express your feelings to other people and keep yourself from getting depressed and let other people help you. So what do you do now to tell people about your beautiful daughter, Susan? You know, as time goes on, you have a feeling that people forget Susan. And um, the other night I was at a revival over at Harvest Church and someone walked up to me that knew her and said, Miss Betty, every time I look at you, I see Susan. And it just made me feel good to know that other people remember her and to, you know, talk about her when you can and bring up her name. You know, when you're with family members, you know, they remember and um, just don't push her aside, you know, like she didn't exist. Uh, she was so much a part of our lives uh, till um, I don't want people to be scared to mention her name to me. Um, 
I love it when they say something, you know, about her. It gives me a chance to, you know, say something back. And and people have a tendency to, oh, I don't want to upset someone, so I won't say anything. Um, I think, no, say something to me about her. Um, and her friends I see occasionally at church, and they will. They'll hug me and, and say, I thought of Susan this week, in which that makes me feel good, you know, and um, – uh, we try to uh, talk about her, and not a lot of talk, but just mention her at, at family gatherings and things. And somebody just say, "Oh, do you remember when Susan did this?" <laughs> you know, so uh, it's it's good. Memories are so wonderful, isn't it? Yeah, I think about that sometimes. My mom, I lost her at a young age; she was only fifty nine. But sometimes when I miss her, I think of all the fun things that we mm-hmm. did together. And I think this story, this interview with you, Betty. Uh, is another reminder, an opportunity for us to tell people out there, listen, if you have disagreements in your family and you've got some bitterness or maybe some unforgiveness, get over it. Get over it. Get that family together and just love on them because we don't know what tomorrow will, will bring. Life is so short and we don't. We're not promised tomorrow. And, uh, you know, that that's that's my feelings, too, you know. Get over what happened six years ago or six months ago or whatever. You know, just love each other and care. Now, for someone out there that may be listening or has a family member that says, I don't believe in God because if God would have really been God, he wouldn't have put me through this kind of pain. I haven't found it in the Bible where it says we won't go through pain and sorrow. You know, we 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 are. And and we go through trials and tribulations, and that makes you stronger, are supposed to make you stronger, you know, in, in your belief, because there's been so many times that I just kind of throw up my hands and say, God, I can't do this, but I know you can. And um, I have to depend on God. I have to. Betty, when I go through trials, I may not get all the answers from God, but he gives me a peace. It gives me a peace that I can at least get through another day. Absolutely. He does. There's people out there now that are still hurting and they can hear from Miss Betty some words of wisdom from your heart. Don't give up. Keep a positive attitude. Pray, pray, pray. Yeah. Pray, pray, pray. Would you mind closing with a prayer for our listeners? I would. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this broadcast that you have to where just maybe we can reach one person out there for your good and help them to understand where I have been in my life and how much you have meant to me and how much you have carried me through my grief. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask you to guide, lead, and protect each one of us. Forgive us all for our many sins. In thy name we pray. Amen. That's beautiful. Thank you so much, Betty. Now, I know there's a lot of wonderful listeners out there that might just want to send you a, a little heart on social media. Are you on Facebook? I am. And is it it's Betty Gregory? Betty Gregory. So if somebody wants to see your little profile there and say, hey, we loved what you said today. Thank you for sharing. Or we remember Susan. You don't mind if they do that, do you? Oh, no, not at all. Well, very good. Any Any last thoughts, anything that you'd like to share, please do. Just keep a positive attitude. Um, try not to go to the negative and, and let yourself get depressed. Uh, that is too easy. And there's too many people out there that, that give up. And um, 
a lot of people go to the extreme, you know, to commit suicide and all of that and just keep a positive attitude. Well, what did I tell you? Betty connects with you and take some of those golden nuggets of wisdom and knowledge and put them back in your memory bank because one day you're going to need some of what she just said. Wisdom from a godly woman. And now a 60-second pep talk from Nancy Stafford from the television show Matlock. You're listening to Get the Hell Out of Your Life with your host, Ron Myers. Real stories, real struggles, and real hope. Hey, look who I ran into, folks. Nancy Stafford from Matlock. And I'm going to ask her, Nancy, how do you get the hell out of your life? That's a very good question. We all need to get the hell out of our life. And it really starts with our self-talk. It starts with getting the whispers and the lies of the enemy of our soul out of our minds, refreshing and renewing our minds like Paul talks about over and over again. He says, take our thoughts captive and renew our minds with the truth. So in my view, it's achieved by getting rid of the lies that we believe that sometimes we've grown up with and they've just become second nature to us. Replace those lies. It's not enough just to get rid of the lies. We have to replace them with the truth of what God says in his word. And if we do that over and over every day, we just get deeper and deeper and deeper into truth. The lies don't have any room anymore. Beautiful. Thank you very much. Thanks. Listeners, I'm out on the street, and I just ran into a friend of mine. His name is Bobby. How are you, Bobby? Doing well. Thank you very much. Now, Bobby, you are in a wheelchair, and you told me the other day that you are a paraplegic. And is that you're paralyzed from your waist down? Correct. T11, T12, below your heart. What happened? An automobile accident. A so-called two friends of mine, like Ron's program says, be careful who you choose your surroundings with. Was going around this curve. He said, hold on, Bobby. And uh, I was going to put my seatbelt on. And I heard a voice in my head said, don't put the seatbelt on. And we rode. They said nine times. And it's a miracle I'm still alive. And I came to, and my legs were uh, on my uh, face. It crushed my T11, T12, internal, internal bleeding, uh, head trauma, uh, mixed my neck up. It's a miracle I even survived it to the, uh, the Ocean Minks Hospital. Then they airlifted me to U.S. South Alabama. And they, then, they, then they told me they, they're going to put me under for a, um, two weeks because I, I was too swollen for surgery. Then it just changed my life for the better. You know, and what always attracted me to you, Bobby, how positive you are. And how long have you been in the wheelchair? Uh, 21 years. I turned 18 March 15th and May 30th before I had the injury. Why are you so positive? You're just a bright light to a lot of people. They love talking to you. Well, one reason is... I've seen a couple people in my life committed suicide. I know that's not the way out because I always brought that God. I mean, Jesus gave us for our sins, and he never uh, took the chicken way out. And also, I met my family members. They always suffer with cancer or some ailments or had a tragic uh, son died in war or whatever consequence of life could be. And I had near-death experience three times. The accident, uh, uh, three times had septic blood poison. And I told God, you get me, get me out of this situation but I heard a voice say, I have to change yourself. Well, I really didn't know what he meant until then, until I saw people. Well, I don't want to be wasted 20 years of my life just sitting around in a hospital bed or giving up, send a nurse at home or take the gun and blow my brains out. But I never want to do that. So I had a lot of support. God gave me a lot of support. My mom, she was a life raft of my life. So I think every mother out there in the May should pray for the children because that's when God I told my mom May is a, a powerful month for a mom to pray for the children, and I'm a living witness. 
right now, Bobby, there are people out there that are having a tough time and they're not paralyzed. They just don't like life. They're not a happy person. How would you encourage them today if you ran into someone just having a bad day? I always pray every morning. I said, God, let me be like someone's life or actions speak loud in words. I always would tell them, no matter what it is, since some people think about suicide, I think that's a more horizon ever. And uh, just whatever. But they have to change themselves. They surround themselves with negativity. Anyone, anything in life, no matter what it is, pray about it. Say, God, I want to change. Help me. And he will. Just listen. Cut out if you have any addiction or any negativity or any of your family members are so negative. Uh, tune them out. Just always give somebody a positive attitude because uh, at the end of the day, you, you, know, you wake up with yourself and you go to bed with yourself. What did I do that day? What, you, you could die in your sleep, and God's going to ask you, what have you done today to bring my light to the world? That's excellent. Well, thanks for taking some time. One question I like to ask all the people I meet, how do you get the hell out of your life? Well, just ask God, help me get out of it. Uh, he always does it. You just got to listen. And sometimes you got to go through trials and tribulations. It's like St. Saint Daniel and all the saints, they had to go through kind of a uh, bear to cross. Always ask your guardian angel. We'll always have a guardian angel watch out for us. Well, that's wisdom from Bobby. And God bless you, brother. You are a light in a dark world. Thank you. Adios. Thank you. Boy, Bobby is such an inspiration. You also heard from Nancy and from Betty. Three different people, three different lives, three different sets of choices. Now, I want to shift gears. The other day, the Epic Times had an article, Five Signs You're Approaching Burnout. Number one, you have trouble focusing. Number two, you begin resenting your time working. Number three, you're rarely in a good mood. Number four, you feel like work has taken over your life. And number five, your health is starting to suffer. I know about those. I was there 22 years ago and I had to make a choice. And my choice was to choose to become the person I was created to be. So I have five ideas to help you overcome burnout. Here they are. Number one, know when to say no. You know, too often we get caught up in wanting to please people, being a yes man and a yes woman, but you can't handle it all. The only person who can do that is God. The difference between a good leader and a great leader is someone who is willing to delegate. No is not a bad word. You are allowed to say no if it will overwhelm you. In fact, it's healthy to say no. Matthew chapter 5, verse 37 says, But let your word yes be yes, and your no be no. Friends, don't add stress to yourself by saying yes to everyone because you can't help anyone if you're too burnt out to work. Number two, who are you working for? Who do you work for? Is it your boss, a manager, yourself? Or are you working for God? Sometimes we can lose sight of who takes delight in our hard work. God. Colossians 3.23 says, Whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than for men. Friends, when we work for God and for his kingdom, we are given the blessing of joy because we are serving our Father. When God is a part of our work life, then he can bless the work that you do. This is confirmed in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3. Commit your works to the Lord and your plans will be established. So friends, remember, you're not working for humans. Keep your focus on God and he will give you the strength to continue. Number three, never be afraid to ask for help. 
remember, you don't have to go it alone and you don't have to do it all. In fact, people form closer bonds with people that ask them to help them with their task. We often get in the habit of overwhelming ourselves so we don't inconvenience others. Stop that. Ask God to put someone in your life to share the load with. Matthew 7, 7 encourages this by saying, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. If you ask for help, if it is God's will, he will grant it to you. And Jesus went on to say, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Number four, take a step back from life's demands. Sometimes we get caught up in the business of the world. We forget to take time to breathe. We pour out so much that we don't take time to be poured into. Remember, God will give you peace when you are overwhelmed and rest when you are weary. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. We have to remember that we were not made for the things of this world. So taking a step back to rest in the arms of the Father can keep us from burning out before he is done doing good works through us. And number five, we're in this together. Do you take time out of your busy life to spend time with people you care about? Often we find ourselves coming home from work and just staying in the house alone. However, we were not made for isolation. If we were, God would have never created Eve for Adam. Friends, we can help one another grow. Iron sharpens iron so that one person sharpens another, says Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen. We are also there to pick up one another when we stumble and fall, as stated in Ecclesiastics 4, 9 through 10. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Friends, surround yourself with people you want to be like because you are like the company you keep. Friends, those are the five things that help me each and every day on my path to my destiny. Now, let me ask you a very deep and personal question. Are you living the life that God created you to live? Have you made the choice to pursue your God-given destiny, or have you made the choice just to do whatever you need to do to make money and have fun? Nothing wrong with that. I did it. But there comes a time in life where that's not enough, and you will get burnout. But sometimes the burnout is because God, just like he did with me, is trying to get your attention so he can show you his awesome, wonderful plan that he has just for you. Well, friends, I hope today's program has been a blessing. If you know someone that has a lot of hell in their life, please share this program with them. Until next week, this is Ron Myers reminding you, I love you, God loves you, and it's time for you to get the hell out of your life and then keep the hell out of your life. God bless. Today's show was produced by Ron Myers Ministries, a listener-supported ministry. For a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website, thepromoter.org. 
And would you prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation so that we may continue to share stories of God's amazing grace with the world? And join us next week for another broadcast of Get the Hell Out of Your Life. Real people sharing real struggles and offering real hope.